Welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I'm Doug. I'm Mark. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> we have a not Joe guest today. Um, my friend Mark enjoys cigars, as do I. And so I asked him to join me because Joe couldn't make it today. He's got a full week being a sheriff's deputy. And... Uh, which it's kind of fun. It's always been Doug and Joe talk, but in the last several months since he became a sheriff's deputy, now it's like, ooh, I got a sheriff's deputy <laughs> on the podcast. And now we got to be careful. <laughs> but um, here's what we got in our hands today. Partiga's Limited Reserve 1999 Decadas, or Decades, depending on which way, which language you're speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, um, I think they call it the short Robusto size, but I just call it a normal Robusto. It's uh, five and a half by 50. And according to the press, it costs $16. I don't think I paid anywhere near that for this cigar. Like, I'd almost think I paid eight or ten for it. But maybe not. I don't know. I'm just, I was looking it up. They're actually, um, kind of hard to find now. I've had them in my human horse at least five, five years. And so I had to dig through. This isn't one of the normal... Doug and Joe cigars, so I'm like, oh, well, what am I going to dig through and grab for Mark? And I found these, and I think he might have shared a Partigas Black with me several years ago, and so I thought, well, we got to try this Partigas Green, <laughs> which is the label's kind of shiny green and has a fancy band that says 1999 on it. And um, here's what I pulled offline. With filler from the Dominican Republic and the remote Nicaraguan island of Ometepe, and bound by a fine Honduras San Augustine leaf, this cigar is dressed in a flawless, very oily 10-year-old Cameroon wrapper. This medium-bodied treat undergoes rigorous aging in rooms crafted exclusively of fragrant Spanish cedar. So, um, so kind of a sort of hard-to-find fun, sort of rare maybe cigar. I don't know what it means to be from the island of Ometepe in Nicaragua. That's apparently important. I also don't really know what a uh, Honduran San Augustin leaf is, but I am familiar with Cameroon leaves, and so I have certain expectations of medium-bodied cigar and Cameroon wrapper. I'm kind of expecting certain things. So, um, Mark, you're welcome to say anything you'd like to say about the cigar. Well, I think this might sound funny, but I, I think I kind of taste like the ocean a little bit. Ooh. Is that weird? Well, maybe not. You know, certain things have smells. Mm-hmm. And when I take a take a, a, a little uh, sample of a cigar, it just kind of has that initial hit. Like I'm on... The, like I'm on the ocean. So this would be a good cigar to smoke when you're walking on the beach. Interesting. Okay, so here's my, here's my follow-up. I might get a minerally, slightly sandy, salty taste. I might be getting that because you put that thought in my brain. But, <laughs> but maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting that. That's not, um, and I'm not disagreeing, but I'm, I, I, and I don't think mineral. When I'm smoking, I don't think mineral a lot, and I should. I should yeah. Kind of, um, but there might be some of that there. I'm getting a, it's medium-bodied, so it's, you know, it's not going to be a powerhouse like some of them. 
I'm getting just a hint of hint of breadiness. It's not. I'm not getting a lot of super sweet up front, and maybe just a hint of coffee. Now you did mention a couple minutes ago that it was going with your coffee. It's going really well with my breve. So you got a slightly sweet breve there. Yeah. And um, uh huh. That my wife made. Oh, there we oh. go. I didn't. I didn't start my timer. And there it was. Fan, and it's fantastic. I'm glad you. Glad you like it. Uh, shout out to. Um, Intelligentsia mm. uh, Black Cat. That's what she uses to make her brave. And this is like the second or third time that <clears throat> a friend has offered me a cup of this, and it's fantastic coffee. Well, I've I've learned that milk coffee, particularly sweet milk coffee, is a different animal than just a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If I look at them as the same thing, I get confused. Yeah. Um, because I actually like a really nice medium roast cup of coffee, mm -hmm. and that's more of a, it, it's savory, and I love the flavors I get, but when I drink a brevet, it's like a dessert. <clears throat> it is, yeah. and it's a, it's a wonder, a, a really well-made, um, brevet. It's just, it's a one, it's a beautiful thing. It's just like the, you have the perfect blending of the flavors. It's kind of like, I'm appreciating more and more as I get older, the the blending of flavors. Like you go into a bar and order a gin and tonic, for example, mm. and sometimes the bartender thinks they're doing you a favor by giving you more gin, mm. and that can ruin it. It's it's you know it's just a very simple drink, but you have if it's made right, you just have this perfect blend of the two, and then you add the lime to it. Oh, yeah. So, I know we're not here to talk about coffee, but that's that, it's good coffee. No, have at thank you, and I'm I'm glad you enjoy it. My my wife my wife loves it too, and we're we're the kind of people like if we drink coffee, uh -huh. we're not we're not a, like one pot drinker. We're like a one cup drinker, mm -hmm. and that's just like we we love the one cup, and then it's like okay, we're we're, we're done. You're good, yeah. And um, so um, back to the cigar because there's there's something that it's interesting. I'm gonna remember mineral. I might even put it in my notes because. Because I actually think I'm tasting some things when I started thinking mineral, but there, I'm definitely getting coffee and and just a, a hint of I don't know if, at the beginning it's always hard to tell I don't know if I'm getting a a bready maybe a little bit of a breadiness but it could be there could be a little bit of leather in there I'm gonna I'm gonna give it some more time and I always it, I give myself license to be inaccurate and mm -hmm. kind of guess up front <laughs> because I think that starts to head my brain down the right path. But let me ask this: how <clears throat> how much does a cigar change in character as it as it draws down? Could it be that you're not just you're not inaccurate when you're starting? You're just it's changing as you're smoking it. That that's a great question, and um, it it can change. It sort of depends on the cigars. Now, so I'll answer. Um, Subjectively and then objectively. Subjectively, I like a consistent stick. Um, there's a little bit that will change because you're drawing smoke through the whole cigar. So as you draw smoke through the back end of the cigar, it's going to change it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, typically, you'll notice um, a little stronger and uh, stronger not only flavor-wise but maybe even nicotine-wise as you draw the smoke through the end of the cigar. I don't, I don't think that's a huge change generally. Um, but I like a consistent stick where you might know, and this this is fun. Joe and I have talked about this probably a year ago. Mm -hmm. When they're rolling cigars, 
you know, you have a tobacco leaf and they're trying to bunch it together and get the filler all in there. Yeah. Well, if they have a little bit of filler or a little bit of the binder sticking out, they have to use that little rolly knife and kind of cut it off, but they don't throw it away. They grab it and stick it right back in the cigar. Mm. So as they're cutting off two inches, they pick it up and they shove it back in the cigar and roll it in. Well, that little piece of wrapper or binder that they just cut off, they stuck in, maybe they got it in the last third, maybe they got it in the first third. That could change it. Will change the flavor as you're as you're progressing through the cigar. So that's one of the things that can shift a little bit. And it's fun to note changes. Um, and what what happens um, what happens to smoke when when the temperature is different? Because is hotter smoke? Because my question is because I think um, it seems like when the cigar is just starting out, you're drawing that smoke through a larger area and it has a chance to cool down. But as it gets shorter, it's coming to your lips and mouth as hotter smoke. And does that change it, do you think? Um, yes. In fact, you're asking me really fun questions I like answering because they're, they're, they're kind of scientific. Now, the, the disclaimer is I'm not an expert, but, if, but I'm, after a couple of years of smoking a cigar a week with Joe, uh-huh. I feel like I've been smoking a lot. Like you're, you're an expert. Yeah, okay. You are now an expert. <laughs> not maybe. Um, so... Cadence matters. How fast you draw mm-hmm. matters. It will change the temperature. Faster draw makes it hotter. Slower draw. Mm-hmm. Drawing more frequently makes it hotter. Drawing less frequently makes it cooler. Um, and it also changes the flavor. Now, the temperature outside matters a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think it matters as much with cigars. I think it matters more with pipe tobacco. I've smoked a Virginia... Well, uh, all Virginia tobacco, which tend to burn a little hotter, you got to be really careful with. I've smoked them on a cold winter day where I'm standing outside. Okay. And it's awesome because the cold air outside is kind of cooling <laughs> the tobacco as I suck it in. Yeah. I've not ever noticed that effect with a cigar because I think if you have a nicely rolled cigar, you're going to get a fairly uniform temperature. Okay. Unless you change your cadence to heat it up or cool it down. Okay. Um and it can vary with the cigar. If you have a tightly rolled cigar, it's going to burn a little hotter, so you might want to be careful. And you know, do you want to pull harder to get the smoke through, or do you want to? So you, you just the perfect rolled cigar where you can get the right amount of smoke through. You can judge the cadence on what you're tasting, and it's it gets really scientific. And I, you know, I can't tell you what's right and wrong. Yeah. Just think about those things as you're smoking and see what you're getting for flavor. Well, I'm I appreciate you asking me here to. You know, be a guest. I'm, I'm certainly not an expert, but I do have questions, and so they're kind of fun for me to ask too. So here's another one: um, Have you ever experienced the phenomenon when you're eating a meal inside versus outside, and the food just tastes different outside? Now, have you ever tried to see if that applies to cigar smoking as well? Well, I, I haven't scientifically studied it, right? But atmosphere. Whether it's inside, outside, who you're with, what you had two hours before at a meal, what you drank 15 minutes before, all of that is going to affect your palate. Yeah. It's a little more ethereal, a little more, oh, I don't want to say hokey, but it's a little less scientific when you're just talking about atmosphere, who you're smoking with, you know, yeah. whether you're in a good mood or not. It's more, it's more, <laughs> it's more conceptual. <laughs> yeah. But I think there probably is some, something scientific with the food part when you're eating outside it just interacts with uh, with uh, the air or there's there's something there and I'm not sure I, 
I, I think you're right, and it's probably more scientific than, you know, no one's studied it. But if you did, you could probably figure out something scientific about it. Yeah. Maybe it's just that I have stale air-conditioned air in my house all the time. And when I go outside in the summer, it's like, oh, it's fresh. The leaves are here. The sun's shining. The breeze is blowing. psychosomatic. Yeah, it could be. Yes. And it might be scientific, too. I, I don't know. But, yeah, everything affects it. And really, something I've noticed, and Joe and I notice it when we get... Hyper. I was going to say if I was angry, I would probably smoke faster and that would might actually adversely affect it. But when we get talking about politics sometimes, if we really get heated on something and we're talking, sometimes the cigar will actually talk too much and the cigar will cool down and it will it will affect it. We're like, oh, we need to warm this up a little bit more and <laughs> keep it going to keep the flavors there. Um, so it's, you know, I never tell people what they have to do, but it's neat to know that it affect, it all affects it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so there we are. Cool. Those are fun. Those are fun questions. I like, that's the stuff I like thinking about. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> let's give the cigar, just enjoy it for a few minutes and see where we want to, where we want to go here. Okay. I know the big current news is the shootings. The, the slightly older news is the democratic debate. I could go anywhere. I'm not particularly crazy about talking the de- the democratic debate. I only watched highlights because I just didn't want to try well, to right now. And, and I didn't get into that either. But right now, to me, it just seems like it's a circus. It's kind of fun to sit back and watch it. It, it is. I'll I'll go ahead and make one official comment. And it's one thing that I thought was funny, and that I kind of felt bad thinking it was funny. But the thing that I have said that I think the best candidate for the Democrats is Joe Biden. Like, if they want to have any chance of winning, I think Joe Biden is, is should be their candidate. Yeah. But the more I hear him talk, he just, he sounds old and feeble. Yeah. He stumbles over his words. And that's, even even if he's mentally there, if he can't verbally say things, it's going to make people think something's wrong. So, so why do you think he's... As maybe the better candidate, just because of his experience, or do you think he's more moderate and more likely to reach across the aisle and work? I think he's perceived as moderate. Okay. I think the danger is that he's not. I think he's, and I don't necessarily think he's as radical as the radicals, but I think he's moldable. So if the party itself goes radical, I think he will go with it. I don't think he's a man of principle and values, but I think he appears normal, appears moderate and so for them if that's if they want to win that's the most likely candidate because there are some radicals out there that there are and uh yeah um it's it's just interesting to think they've got this hodgepodge of what 30 30 candidates i don't know it's probably not that i think it's 20 well 20. i think the first debate wasn't it 20 people it, it was stage? a lot but it's interesting how how is all this going to coalesce <laughs> just wondering, did they have to like build on to the building so they could have <laughs> gosh yeah. i didn't that would have been funny if they would have actually gone out the door and then into the parking lot. And yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Joe. Okay, Joe. You stand on the ten yard line. Uh, yes. Okay, AOC. You stand on the twenty. It's like, funny. <laughs> I like that idea. They should do that next time. Do it on a football field. That's right. <laughs> mm. Oh, but so the the other thing I was going to say, which was just, it was funny, and I laughed when he said, started to say senator, and then said future president or something yeah. when he was referring to Cory Booker. 
He just completely stumbled over his words. He started to say senator, which might not have been... Was that in the second debate? That was in the second debate. Oh, okay. That was the, the when it narrowed it down to kind of the, the main people. He was uh-huh. referring to Cory Booker, and he said, like, future president or something like that, which was just crazy. So how many people were in the second debate? Do you know? One, two... Uh, i got to think who they are. Biden, Booker, Harris... Uh, Biden, Booker, Harris... I can't. There were, I think, two others, maybe three others. I can't remember. Oh, I guess I said before. I said AOC. She's not running, but yeah. No, she's she's actually too young. Yes. Yeah, oh, is she really? <clears throat> yeah, she's too young. I think you have to be thirty-two, and she's oh. like thirty or something like that. Okay. Okay. Um, huh. No, I would love her to be the candidate. So there was like <clears throat> what, maybe eight or ten. You think that ball, ballpark? Yeah, something like that. I think there were a little less in the second one, more in the first, and then less in the second. But it's. Um, yeah, but I just I really want to make that comment about Biden because it does seem like he stumbles over his words and he's having a hard time thinking, which I feel bad for. And, and when I laughed at him, it's because it was funny. But then I felt bad for him as a man. I didn't necessarily feel bad for the Democratic Party. It makes you wonder what's coming if he's the yeah. president. Yeah. yeah, just as a person, I thought, man, yeah, that's that's got to be tough. You're trying to run for president, and that's that's going to hold you back. So, well, so what do you think about Bernie? I mean, as far as his age, is that going to be a factor for him? Um. I think... I mean, what is he? How old is he? Yes, but here's the thing. I think Elizabeth Warren is going to pick up every Bernie's... Almost every Bernie supporter. I, I think she's radical enough to... She drives me nuts. She drives My. me nuts. Why does she drive you nuts? Let's, I don't know. I, you know, I didn't... Even, not, even with, not even knowing all of her... All of her policies and what she stands for. Just she just rubs me the wrong way. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I. Yeah, I think she, I think I don't think Bernie can hang on. I think if anything, Warren will pick up Bernie supporters. I don't know if that'll be enough to make her the candidate. I've slowed down. I need to relight. Oh shucks. Well, uh, we're we're a smidge. Actually, we we're a smidge early. But let me. My ass just fell off. I'll go ahead and make a make a comment. Will you relight? Okay. And, uh, so, my ass just fell off. It was well over an inch. Yeah. So if it gets too much, it won't. Start it low. It's it's awesome. We're gonna we're gonna have some. This is this is my fancy desk torch lighter, not lighting. Mother <laughs> ass. Seriously. One click. That's all it took. <laughs> I just didn't have the touch. Yeah. It's it's actually got a special. Uh, thing that reads the thumbprint that I have, and it won't light unless it's me. <laughs> oh shoot! Do you need the light? Are you doing? No, I'm I'm doing great. But my but my ash did fall off, and I I think an inch and a half ash was just fine. And look at that burn line. So it's a nice burn line. Yeah, you had that going for quite a while. That ash was sticking out there. They're they're humidified well. You can tell because nice nice straight burn line. And it's just a yeah. good cigar that we didn't really talk about this at the beginning, but the. The draw's good. Mm-hmm. Um, the pre-draw I thought was a little light on flavor. I didn't. I didn't get much on the pre-draw. What's the pre-draw? When you draw through it before you light it. Oh, just to taste the raw tobacco. Yeah, and uh, it was pretty. Unlit tobacco. It was pretty mild. Okay, um, I'll have to try that. I have never really done that before. Yeah, the thing that I notice the most. Sometimes you'll notice if it's really earthy or if it's sweet. But you'll also tend to notice if there's spice. Because a lot of times, if you just draw through it, you'll be like, whoa, yeah, I, that's going to be going to have some spice okay. to it. <clears throat> so, um, um, but construction's good. One of them had just a smidge of a rough wrapper on the foot. I don't know which whether it was yours or mine, but it's gone. Foot's gone now, so it doesn't matter. Um, 
So the pre-draw, is that sort of like the nose on a glass of wine or something where you're just sort of trying to figure out what you're about to experience? Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really good really good analogy because you're you're still getting the the tobaccos before they've been warmed before they've been lit. Okay. So you're just getting a you know un unheated tobacco, <clears throat> and that'll tell you what's coming. I've actually heard some people. I've tried this, and I actually don't care to do it anymore. I've heard some people say when you cut the tip off, yeah, throw it in your mouth. Now, because I chewed tobacco when I was younger, mm. I did that a couple times and chewed on and just to see. And you do get some flavor from it, but I just I don't think it's quite as revealing as just doing the pre-draw, tasting it in your mouth. Yeah. Um, it's actually probably a little overpowering because it's pretty, you know, tobacco, if you've ever chewed, it's, it's hot on your lips usually. And yeah. So... Um, I actually think it took away from just me being able to taste the cigar once I spit out the <laughs> the, the tip. Interesting. And it sounded silly until I read about it more, and it's like, oh yeah, I guess it's not as un it's not horribly uncommon to do that. So, all right, I want to try to get some see what I'm getting here. Try to nail this down a little more. I think I've gone long enough without coffee now that I can maybe give you an unbiased. All right. Well, non-coffee influenced opinion. I I do think I do think there's a little bit of coffee. The the funny thing it, it feels like I'm reaching a little bit for the flavors, but I don't necessarily want that to be a negative because there's just it's it's super balanced. And sometimes when something's balanced, that's really good. Nothing one thing no one thing sticks out. Right, but not not one thing that's why I'm reaching plus it's medium bodied, which is so I'm definitely getting coffee. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna change my breadiness comment that I made earlier. I'm gonna say it's a little more woody. I'm gonna say a woody earth, and I bet the earthiness is coming from the from the Dominican. So that would or, be, I mean from the Nicaraguan. That would be more like a, a whole grain bread. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm at, what I'm actually. It was sourdough before. <laughs> well, no. If you go out and you lick. A piece of bark off the elm tree out there with a leaf wrapped around it. That's the flavor that you'll... No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds but, sophisticated. Mm. So a little bit of coffee. There's a, there's a tingle. It's not the normal spiciness I get from a cigar. And it, when I retrohale, there's a little bit of it up in my nose. I don't know if it's a nicotine burn or if it's a spicy flavor. Mm -hmm. um, but... It's light. It's not like the, the retrohale doesn't burn much. The retrohale brings the coffee up in the back of my throat. I like retrohaling because I can taste more the, the coffee more. And I get a little tingle in my nose, which is neither here nor there. But I can't... I, can't, I don't think I can nail it down any more than that. There's a, I do think there's an earthy mineraliness there in the back... In the, in the front, rather. In the front of the mouth, I'm not nailing down yet. So, now you're... Your turn. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm I'm tasting something else in there that I don't know if it's the cedar or not. Still trying to figure that out, but it's that sort of a flavor. You know what? I I bet that earthy woodiness that I'm tasting. I bet I bet some of that's kind of aromatic. Yeah, it, which would completely make sense. They're yeah. aged in these big rooms made of completely Spanish cedar. And I'm definitely getting the coffee. I just still don't know if it's yeah. from the drink I took 15 minutes ago or not. Yeah, I bet I bet I'm getting some cedar. Thanks for helping me clarify that. I bet I think that's right. Hmm. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Speeding, speeding up the dry sucked really fast a couple times. Gets a little more minerally and a hint of spice. So do you guys, when you, when you, um, <clears throat> when you review cigars, do you rate them? Um, unofficially, you'll know. Okay. But we don't say this one's a ten, this one's a six. Okay. But usually by the end we'll say I'll buy it again. Yeah. Or I won't buy it again. Okay. Sure. That's. And so that's not just about flavor. Sometimes that's about price. Right. If I smoke, you know, an average cigar that I paid twenty bucks for, I'm like, no. Nah, if I'm smoking an average cigar, I only want to pay eight bucks for it. So I'm not going to buy that one. So again. you should say, <laughs> if I was walking along and I looked down and I found twenty bucks on the ground, would I buy this again? That. There you go. Yeah. And, and the answer still may be no. It might might be. There, there are a couple, and we usually stay in the. Uh, our our budget is eight, the eight to ten dollar, mm-hmm. but we've we've gone out of that a few times. We've we've hit the fifteen twenty dollar range a couple times. And um, in fact, we have we have a series of I think four cigars which we smoked one of that are all like seventeen dollars mm-hmm. because we bought kind of a, we we said we want to take this higher line cigars and try these four. Mm-hmm. And so we went ahead and spent the extra for that. And those are those are Davidoffs if you've ever heard of those. I have heard of those. Yeah, so we have four of those. And uh, but I'll tell you what, in eight to ten, when, when we first started the podcast, we were smoking four to five, maybe maybe a little more than that dollar cigars. And when we said, you know, if we're going to do this podcast, let's just spend the money. Yeah, let's just do the. And it, we just it, we were obviously we jumped up like we haven't had a bad cigar in the eight to ten dollar range. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's the difference between making that jump. And so that's that's just what we spend. It's it's good every once in a while whether you're talking about a bottle of wine or scotch or I would think cigar also, just to sample a little bit beyond your normal price range just to see what you're missing and in some cases eh, I'm not missing anything, you know we found that with wine it's like why would I spend that when I can get that right here at this price point, you know but sometimes you get one it's like oh okay I understand why that's twenty dollars more yeah well and and it also at some point, and I suppose I noticed this with scotch and probably, excuse me, probably wine more than I do anything, but do I want to spend $120 on a bottle of scotch or do I want to get two $60 bottles? You know? Yeah, there's, yeah. Sometimes that matters. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, that's two $60 bottles are going to go a lot further, you know? Yep. Well, well I'm, I'm enjoying this cigar and I have to admit, Based on what I'm expecting from a Cameroon, um, it's what I'm expecting, except it's maybe just a not quite as... I would expect it to be a tad bit sweeter. Um, and I, I would also say it's probably a little smoother. Like, this is a... It's really well-balanced and smooth. It's probably a little smoother than I was expecting. Not not hard. This isn't harsh at all. Yeah, it's not. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm still trying to identify... A flavor or two, but I but I but I'm enjoying it. It's good. I'm gonna work on that mineral because I because I'm pretty sure the coffee and woodiness. I'm gonna work on that minerally taste. See if I can figure out what it is. Well, you want to talk about shootings and? <clears throat> well, there's just one more thing I want to say. Oh, on okay, this, sorry. On the, the analogy with the wine and and the the price point. You know, we've been drinking wine for gosh 20, 30 years and. 
every once in a while we will go back and get a bottle of the stuff we used to drink and drink it and go I can't believe we used to drink that crap and so I think there's this gradual creep that you're not even really aware of on a week-by-week -week basis or month-by-month -month basis or even a year-by-year -year basis but <laughs> it's funny how the palates change so anyway that really has nothing to do with this particular cigar I just thought I'd throw that in there yeah that, and that's that's definitely true so, so yeah what uh, what's going on in the world well we've had two shootings and um, Dayton and El Paso which are tragic and painful and you know horrible horrible things and in as as much as they're horrible I I want to shake my fist fist my finger shake my finger at anyone that stands on the graves of people that were killed and tries to use it for a political agenda and I want to say shame on you did they do that yeah and I tend to blame it I, t I because I listen to predominantly right, right-leaning media, yeah. I always want to be careful because obviously they're going to say, "Look at the left doing it, doing it wrong," and they may not always say, "Look at the right doing it wrong." But it really seems like it's way more on the left that people are just saying, "Oh my goodness, these people were killed. Now we have to pass this law." Yeah, and I don't know what the right amount of time is, but there's some amount of time where you should just shut up and, <laughs> and yeah. say, "I'm really sorry." For the losses. Agreed. Agreed. And just don't don't argue politics. I know, haven't so paid simple. attention much to the specifics of the shootings, but I'm aware that <clears throat> since it's occurred there's been, you know, a re uh, a revisiting of the gun law debate. The gun control debate. So um, which, you know, it's like I'm thinking, well, here we go again. But. Well, and and in in the media, you can the, the the facts of the two situations. I don't actually remember which is which, but apparently one shooter was a was a follower. I think it was of Elizabeth Warren, and one was a, a maybe a white supremacist. I think the white supremacist was the one in Texas. Yeah, I think that's right. <clears throat> and he was trying to get Mexicans, I believe. But and anyway. and in the thing, I guess the thing. That I don't like. I'm not sure that I've heard any right-leaning people say try to link Elizabeth Warren to the shooter because I think that would be stupid. Now, if they did, it's stupid regardless of whose side they're on. Mm -hmm. And just as much as it would be stupid to 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 say it's Trump's fault because this white supremacist killed somebody. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's ridiculous. It wasn't Bernie's fault when right. that guy shot up the whatever the baseball game or whatever it was yeah and um, <clears throat> that's a that's just a ridiculous contention um, and I, there, there's 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 something else I, I do want to kind of generally talk about it doesn't necessarily relate to guns only or to gun control and, and the shootings but when people say when people get well, I'm choosing my words carefully here when people get emotionally upset, they say things like, we have to do something. And that's not always a true statement. Sometimes it's just an emotional statement. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe it's true. Maybe we should do something. Maybe there is something we can do. But, but 
when when the smoke clears and God knows no pun intended there just when when things calm down that's when we can reasonably we're not all upset we're not sad and crying we can say what is the right thing to do what is best yeah. for the citizens of this country what is best for our nation and sometimes the best thing is to say murder's already illegal um you know mm-hmm. um and there are legal ways to buy guns and so we might have the best sometimes the only thing we can say is bad people do bad things and that is part of life yeah sure let's have a reasonable conversation if there's anything else we can do but that we have to do something just isn't necessarily correct yeah i i think you know my my thought on the on on controlling the guns themselves you know trying to say that the guns were, were responsible for the killings is like saying that my pencil is responsible for my bad test score. <laughs> what? That's not an okay. I think I, I think I used that excuse. That's did you, not, that's did not you? a good excuse. Well, <laughs> did it work? No, it did didn't. Work? No, it didn't. I. But having said that, so so I don't think going after the going after the guns is the right solution. But I really think the solution, or I really think the problem is mental health. But. But let's look at that because trying to tackle mental health, we can't even identify what what the problems with mental health are. I mean, how are we going to go after that quickly? Mm-hmm. You know, quick enough to make some kind of an impact. So I think I, I think I'm willing to do to see some some discussion on the table about some limited gun control. But I also think that you know we need to fortify some of these places that that are getting attacked, you know, and have have that deterrent. You know, do I think it should be like the Wild West? No, but I think that, you know, I think that could be a help. I don't know. Well, starting up really high-level value, I don't like taking people's freedoms Right. So when people start talking about mental health, whether it's guns or that person has the freedom not to take their meds. So when we start talking about forcing them to take their meds, my first question is, I'm not sure the government should force them. Yeah. Because I don't think it's the government's job. It might be your family's job. Maybe your family has the right to say, we're going to force Joe to take his meds. Mm -hmm. Um, But there does seem to be a freedom issue, and I, I don't... I don't like stepping on freedoms, but when you pass laws to protect people, you're always in some little way infringing a little bit on freedom. So when they start saying, can we figure out if there's something unstable about people? Can we narrow it down and say, this group of people, maybe it should be quite a bit harder for them to get guns? Yeah. I would almost concede that. That seems like the most reasonable conversation I've heard. Yeah, I, I think that there has to be quite a bit of work done in diagnosing mental illness and then trying to determine which of those are going to be which of those people are going to be more likely to go in and shoot a place up coming up with better diagnosis better treatment options but still you know you have to you have to do the treatment or else it doesn't work so there's a lot to be a lot a lot to be developed there but yeah, the, the basic freedom and and rights issue is still there. I mean, you can't make people take take their meds, whatever new meds could come along. Right. Well, but, yeah. 
so there um, so a lot of times when I start thinking about what I believe I start thinking how would I challenge my belief with something that I wouldn't like like I think the counterpoint like what somebody else would say that I wouldn't like yeah so as I'm as my brain as the gears upstairs are rolling let me check my time see where we are okay we're good no cigar update for a few more minutes here <laughs> okay I start thinking okay there's already laws like I can't I can't say if I go out downtown Oscar in Walmart in Oskaloosa and I start screaming, um, Mark, you should go shoot Henry. There's something illegal about that. There's also something illegal about yelling fire in a theater. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's I heard Stephen Crowder once say something that just totally caught me off guard because I wasn't thinking about it. He said, do you, do you know... It's not illegal to yell fire in a theater. And so we said, well, yes, it is. And he said, not if there's a fire. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because then it's not illegal. Yeah, it's not illegal. Um, so, <laughs> um, so anyway, but so there are some things that are already illegal. And I think um, I don't want to limit people's ability to say things or I, I, I'm a big free speech person. However... Mm-hmm. If someone online, uh, if someone is saying online, posting a manifesto saying I'm, I'm gonna plan something and go, at the very least, I think that I don't want to force a company, I don't want to force Facebook to share that publicly. But it does seem right that there should be some concerted effort, concerted effort for people to share information and be like, I don't know, this this could be dangerous. Yeah. <clears throat> Keep an eye on this person. And that the reason I'm sharing this is because that's I know he has the freedom to say it. I know he has the right to some sort of privacy, but there does seem like this idea of if you're going to say it out loud, if you're going to publish it online, it seems like you've already said it's okay mm-hmm. for people to see this and to hear it, that maybe just letting letting that information be free is for law enforcement and anybody else to look at, that would maybe be a good idea. Yeah. Um, so, any comments? I think I agree with you on that. It's, there's just so many, so many things, so many things that are involved in this whole deal with. Well, I, I guess drawing a line becomes hard because yeah. what if some upset teenager says, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill that teacher that gave me a D. Well, okay, maybe he's a stupid fourteen-year-old that said something stupid. Right. Do, do you take his dad's guns away? Well, probably not. Right. But at what point do reasonable people look at somebody and say, okay, they've they've said so much. Mm-hmm. That maybe the risk is that we should keep an eye on them, which is limiting their freedom a little bit, I guess. And boy, it, that doesn't seem completely unreasonable. I'm like, have I said anything stupid? Have I done anything that stupid? At some point, there's a line where I think reasonable people could say, "Yeah, that's not reasonable for him to say that." Yeah, I mean, publish that online. Really, I mean, is we talk about a lot about freedom, and 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 that's that's a big deal. But is it is it the biggest ideal? Is it? I mean. Does freedom is freedom a bigger thing than safety? 
I think so, but I don't think I don't think freedom is bigger than life. I do think it's bigger than safety, but I don't think it's bigger than life. So that's um, so. If we value life, then then safety does come into keeping life safe does come into mm-hmm. to play. Mm-hmm. So I think we're getting close. I think we're pretty close on what we think here. But again, mm-hmm. it, it makes me nervous when people start to draw those lines. Yeah. Because I'm not convinced that when I go to a concert and they won't let me carry my gun, I'm not convinced that's the best, the safest choice for that concert. Well, I don't think so either because it's like these gun-free zones. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's a great idea, but it, sorry, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, Bad guy's not going to go up and see the sign on the door and go, oh, okay, well, I'll have to go shoot some other place up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so... I wonder how many NRA rallies have ever had anybody shoot. <laughs> Never. <I don't. laughs> that's um, that's that's yeah. a seriously good point. Yeah. It scares me to try to think of arming everybody, and you know, there's going to be people that don't know what, what what to do with that. But I don't know. Well, I, I got a couple short fun things I want to mention before our okay. cigar update. We're, we're getting close and right. a, there's just enough time for me to squeeze it in here. So, um, just Let's do it. fun things. Um, yeah, this was it. Um, bulletproof backpacks. Um, so is this a backpack that's going to cover the entire body? No, but it's a backpack that uh, for most things like if you get shot it won't go through the backpack. What if they shoot the front? Well, that yes. Yeah. That's that's not why I wanted to talk about it. But okay. I wanted to talk about it because on a purely marketing level, yeah. I'm like somebody's really smart. Now on one hand it seems a little underhanded to say, "Oh, they're shooting, so we're going to sell more of these." It sounds more. like a marketing ploy. Yeah. Definitely. But Marketing ploys work even if they do seem a little bit... Anytime you're taking advantage of somebody, you're not really taking advantage of them because you can't make them buy your bulletproof backpack. If someone in America has the freedom to buy a bulletproof backpack if they want, Mm -hmm. um, the manufacturer has the freedom to manufacture it and sell it. It's just interesting, (laughs) you know, that it's probably not really that safe of it's really probably not going to stop much it, it, it might help a little bit it's it's sort of to me that sounds a lot like a steel-toed boot if you drop something really heavy on your toe you will be fine but if you drop it three or four inches up your foot it's really going to be a problem yeah but still does it help in some cases yeah so yeah i suppose if you're going to get shot in the back then that thing might save you i i was trying to think about large events and what what could be done, and um, maybe if um, maybe, maybe that would be a. It's fun to guess and just try to come up, brainstorm, come up with ideas. Maybe after we do a cigar update, let's think about if we're at a large event, what could be done at any level, whether it's on the personal level, whether it's on the event level. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about that after we talk about the cigar a little bit, because we're because we're close to our um, forty minute update. Okay, so. Um, my first comment is, and I'll, I'll, I'll go first this time, this is really consistent, and I cannot identify the mineral, but it's actually, I think, come up in the last, uh, few, I don't know, 10 minutes of the cigar, there's, there's more of a minerally thing there, and I wonder, 
if it's if it's actually part of the coffee flavor is minerally, and it's something that I would taste if I tasted coffee, but I wouldn't be able to t- tell you what it was when I was drinking coffee. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's a mineral taste there that I'm getting. I do think coffee is predominating, but none of the flavors are super strong. Um, I like the woodiness, the coffee. It's um, I like the medium bodied. Like there's not. I don't think there's hardly any. I mean, I'm not noticing any nicotine in this. I would I, I would like it to be sweeter, and I think the majority of Cameroons I've smoked have been sweeter than this one. Now this has been aged ten years, so maybe some of the sweetness aged out after in the aging process. Um, no, you, you're about two thirds down, I think, and I'm I'm a little bit behind you. I'm just a little over half. I am picking up a lot more spice right now, and again, I don't know if that goes to my question earlier about as as the smoke is heating up, is that bringing those flavors out more? I haven't noticed an increase in spice. Haven't you? No. Okay, but that doesn't mean you're not. That you know, the cigars could, for a number of reasons, be. Be different. It's interesting though that you're getting an increase in spice. So, um, and I didn't I didn't talk much about the the oil. Um, the press said this in some of the other stuff I read, and I think it's true. I think this Cameroon's a bit oilier than your average Cameroon. They're not a dry wrapper, but you wouldn't call them an oily wrapper. And this feels good in the mouth. The mouth it, feel of this is nice. So when you're saying oily and dry, are you talking about what you feel with your fingers? Um, I'm talking about two things. It's okay. usually go hand in hand. If it's visually shiny, this is probably just average or a little more shiny than normal. Yeah. Um, but for a Cameroon, I think it's more shiny than normal, definitely. But I'm, for an average cigar, it's about average shininess, maybe a little more shiny than normal. But Cameroons I don't, normally aren't this shiny. And I'm getting, I like a lot of oil, but I'm getting a little oil off this on my tongue and it feels good. The mouthfeel is nice. And usually they go hand in hand. If you see oil on the wrapper, it's gonna you're gonna, gonna feel that and taste it too. So what when they roll these, how do they get the how do they get it to stay? Is there do they wet the leaves down? Um, the the leaf has um, a dampness to it, and when they roll it, the roll actually kind of holds itself until they get to the end. Okay. And um, then when they get to the end, the cap they put a little bit of it's called glue, but that's a bad word. It's mm-hmm. more like a um, an oily, waxy stuff that's sort of not really glue okay. that holds the cap on. In okay. fact, I've heard I've heard somebody say if you can get a flavorless, um, like chapstick, not chapstick, but like a lip balm, a flavorless lip balm, yeah. and you have your cigar start to unravel, use the flavorless lip balm, and it'll just smear right on it, and it'll hold the leaf. So. So they they roll it and wrap it to the point that you're you're putting your mouth on. Yes, that's and then, the last. Then they, okay. Yeah, well, and then they put then the cap goes. Then the cap. The, the okay. cap is what they sort of get oily and and that holds it okay. from unraveling. But like if you ever use a normal cutter and you cut too deep and mm-hmm. it starts to unroll. Yeah. The uh, I did it once, but it, um, but I used mango. But if you, you really don't ever want to use a flavor, it's like oh, I'm getting a lot of mango in my but, cigar. And see, like like that sort of thing. Where it's sort of peeling oh, out a little bit. Oh, so you got a little tear in yours, yeah. Yeah, you can... Okay. Um, if the binder's holding, it shouldn't affect anything. Sometimes I just don't play with it. Yeah. But, yeah, you could you could use a lip balm and, and smear that down, and it would probably stay. So they're not using, like, 
big tubs of 3M adhesive or anything. No, in fact, my understanding is they don't use it anywhere on the cigar except on the tip. So the, the rest just stays because it's wrapped in a way, and it's kind of spiraled. You know how it's kind of spiraled. And as it that. dries, it holds that yes, shape. it dries and it shrinks just a little, gotcha. and it holds it. So, And that's why as your, as your lips are touching the, the cap, if mm -hmm. the cap's made well, it's not going to come off. But if it's going to come off anywhere, it's going to come off because... There. The, the cap. And sometimes as you're, from when you cut, you might even have a little piece of, once it gets wet, a little piece of the cap. Will so that, the, those lines running this way, that's the cap. Yes, you okay. can, yep, you can see it. That's pretty you got cool. it. So, mm, nice. I'm going to, before I close out this cigar mm -hmm. update, I'm going to do a couple little harder draws, heat it up a little. When I draw harder, I get more spice. That's not why I was drawing hard. I thought I would actually get that mineral. But I think I get a little more spice as I draw harder. But it's I still can't identify there's something minerally back there. Like, uh, you know what? I'm what's, not catching the mineral, but... What's in the mountains of Chablis? What's the mineral that's in the Chardonnay that they grow in, Ch in the Chablis area of France? Didn't you go to that wine tasting where mm. there was like... White, it's a white chalky mineral. I don't know what it is. I don't know if that's what I'm tasting. Anyway. I don't know. I'm going to take a drink of water and then take another puff on the cigar and see what I get. Yep. I'm just going to stick to what I said before. I can't, I can't identify the mineral. So the coffee and the woodiness, that's what I'm going to stay with. And I don't want that. That might sound like I'm, I'm not super wowed by it, but, but here's the thing. This is balanced and... Um, smooth. So I'm going to like a balanced, smooth cigar even if, like, it's not sweet enough for me. Like, I could complain. It's not sweet enough. I want a little more sweet. Mm -hmm. But the coffee flavor I'm getting, the woodiness, it's nice. It's just a little bit oily and and really well, balanced. Well, that's like. why I think you need to have your cigar with a cup of your wife's Breve because Maybe. it gives it that sweet balance. It's just wonderful. You are not the only one to say that. Joe likes drinking coffee with his cigars, and quite a few of them. I'm surprised. Uh, uh, coffee seems to come out a lot in the cigars we smoke. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, so to keep it lighthearted for a minute, if we want to go into... Oh, no, we were we had a... We were going to talk about uh, what you could do. If we were at an event, what would be the thing, oh, yeah. thing to do? Um, there's part of me that not only thinks it's a rights violation to tell you you can't carry your gun into an event, but I guess if they're... Is that a good idea? Should people be allowed? If they're, li if they're licensed to carry gun people, should they be allowed? Would that make it safer? I'm not... Well, okay, just from personal... Here's my personal thought. If I was at a big event, and what's the one thing that would make me feel the safest? I think it would be carrying a sidearm. I, I don't know, I don't know, unless there were just armed people everywhere making their presence known. Yeah. I don't know. Because um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not even sure that armed guards, I mean, I didn't feel any safer in Honduras when there were armed guards at every gas station. I actually felt more nervous when there were armed guards That, at every that gas would make station. me nervous too. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean... The systems that they're putting in place where they're, you know, scanning everybody before they go into events, that makes me feel better. I think that's going to catch some of them. I still think, I don't know, criminals are criminals, are criminals and they're going to find a way 
to get around whatever we put put out there. True, and and, and somebody I, will. I don't like this argument, but the but the what if argument can always be made because there's always exceptions. Like I could I could get multiple knives into any concert I went to, easy. Um, it would be I might even be able to get a gun into some of the concerts that I've gone to, um, mm-hmm. even go, even going through like metal detectors if I really wanted to try. But mm-hmm. I'm not not going to fight that battle. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure I have an answer. Like, would it? Could you afford to pay security? Like, have people up high and their job four, five, six guys up high scanning? I don't even know if that would make me feel any safer. Would, would, would people be willing to pay an extra 20 or 30 bucks a person for an event to have that kind of security? Well, and that's what you get into because when you start, then, then that's going to limit your crowd. People that don't have that money aren't mm-hmm. going to go. Then are we still going to have Eldon County Fairground, great big wide open concerts there? All the country artists that aren't popular anymore that go over there to play. <laughs> well, and, and that's you know that's a good point because not all not all venues are going to have. I, I mean, I, what are we? 2019, and I still mm-hmm. go in places that it's like, man, this place should have some kind of security, and they don't have any. You know, because somebody could go into any kind of a local event that might have four or five hundred people there and no security and do. More damage than some huge event that's got all kinds of great security. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know that, that there's a good answer. And even when you look at the one, what was the one? Shoot, that one got kind of scooped under the radar and everybody quit talking about it. The one country concert when the guy was in a hotel, like a lo- quite a ways away. Yeah, that was in Vegas. That was a uh, Jason Aldean concert. And uh, yeah. That guy wasn't even at the event. No, he was, but he had the weapons to mm-hmm. reach to reach those people, and he just shot into the crowd. Wow. Um, yeah. I, it, it does seem like the common thread is identifying whether you call them mentally disabled or whether they're radical. I don't know if radicalized is the right word. I don't know what word to use, but giving giving the resources to people to say, "Hey, this person looks a little." It's just so complicated, you know. And there's there's people that are walking around there on this earth that are just one tragedy away from snapping. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then they become that person. Well, and, and, and then also, Joe and I have talked about this before, the illusion of safety. Yeah. We, we think that if we could do these things that we would still be safe, and that really isn't a guarantee. And the other thing is the fact that America is way safer than a lot of places anyway. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've got, it's been a long time. I wish I had a list of the statistics, statistics, somebody was talking about like some foreign countries, like people that were, you know, killed compared to the United States. Well, and you know, the fact is some of those countries are so small. We have so many people here Mm -hmm. that, you know, by the time you have a couple mass shootings that kill 20 people, that's not a very high percentage of our population. So really... That's saying we are pretty safe, yeah. But it doesn't make you feel any better when X number of people died in the last couple weeks. You know, you want to f- try to figure out something. Bad people are bad. Killing people is bad. You know, I don't know if it's pre- 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 preventable. We're reading. My wife and I are reading, um, doing a Bible in a year reading plan right oh, now, cool. and we're. Just just finished up Kings, so we just got through 
all of the most of the Old Testament history now we're getting into the prophet books but it's like I read those and, and the carnage back then and I just think man we got nothing to worry about here this is nothing compared to you know historically what's happened so we went through the good kings and the bad kings oh, and most of them were northern, bad northern kings the southern kings most of them were bad yep yeah everyone every every story about one of those guys says um, he did what he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord <laughs> and he did more evil than his father yeah it's like yeah. everyone just got worse and worse yeah. and worse mm -hmm. it's like wow how much worse can I get but yeah, anyway so yeah. yeah I don't have an answer but <clears throat> let me do one more lighthearted thing and you're gonna have to try to create a picture of this okay um, because have we been lighthearted so far well we <laughs> A little. A little of oh, the backpack. The thing. backpack thing was a little yeah. lighthearted, but this is more so even. Yeah, okay. So, Robot Tail, known as the ARC or RK, A R Q U E, developed by researchers at the Kaio University in Japan. So, Robot Tail. Imagine if you had extra vertebrae going down, starting at about your butt, but maybe a little higher than your butt, your lower back, and being a, being a, uh, what you used to do, chiro, former chiro, retired chiropractor, you might like this. You, you should Google it. It was cute. It was really neat. It's strapped on, like, shoulders and waist, and yeah. starts about lower back. Uh-huh. The tail goes down, and it almost looks like a dinosaur. Like a dinosaur tail doesn't quite go to the floor. Okay. But it's designed... To help you stay upright more? Posture? Well, not exactly, but to keep you not... From, from not falling it's actually it's weighted so like when you move a certain way it counterbalances so you don't fall over so oh i can I, only okay. reach so far like it's so like far a, out in front of me to pick up a pop bottle yeah but with this tail on like i wouldn't fall i could reach sort of like a tightrope walker's got that big long pole yeah same thing that, it's that, counterbalancing out okay, the back sure sure and i think I think their goal is to help people that have trouble with balance and, and have trouble, old maybe old people have trouble falling. You strap on the tail and then you, when you start to fall over, it counterbalances and helps you get back up. It gives you a little bit more reaction time. Yeah. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I, I can honestly say I'm not really against that at all. That's a, that might have some potential. <laughs> you got to see the picture. It's just, it, it weird. looked funny and interesting, you know. So can you can you get when you get happy can you wag it? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> or or it, like the dinosaurs, can you whack somebody with it and knock them down? Maybe that might be the. Ooh, the I like this. That might be the next weapon that they're going to yeah. take into these events. They're going to be <laughs> whacking people with tails. Could you see like a hundred people fighting with tails? <laughs> anyway, no, sorry, I'm going kind of nuts. Be one here. heck of a mosh pit, wouldn't it? It would be. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> have you ever been in a mosh pit? I have. Because I have. You have? I've been in probably <laughs> ten in oh, my life. Man. And, uh, uh, so anyway, so. <laughs> All right. Well, it's probably time for a cigar wrap after talking about the robot table. Okay. You really should Google it and see a picture of it, though, because it's awesome. So, mm. so, what we do before we give our final update is we read what we're supposed to taste. Now, there actually wasn't a lot out um, about this, and I think it's just because it's not as, like, it's not. I don't know if you can even buy these anymore. Mm -hmm. But it said um, you can expect plenty of classic Cameroon spice. And I didn't see. I didn't think this was over spicy, but um, cedar and coffee. There you go. Spice, cedar, and coffee. Oh, you are getting some coffee. So we nailed it on the coffee for sure. What would happen if you? Um, well, I. I guess I don't know how you would do this, but if you didn't have this at all before, and you just 
smoked your cigar and then pulled it up on the laptop after that. Oh, we we could do that. I I, I mean I know bias happens whether you want it to be wanted to yeah. or not. Um, you know you know we read this about okay fragrance Spanish cedar. So I can honestly say I didn't pick up the cedar, but but I was searching for it the whole time mm-hmm. just because it was it said it should be in there. So. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to get away from, especially since I print the notes. Yeah, right, right. Um, exactly. But I do try to print them a couple days in advance, which gives me a little time to forget them. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But uh, this is good. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick to coffee and wood and say we say we say I, I got it there. I yeah I did. Whoops, I dropped it. I, I bet I just knocked my fire off. Let's see. <sighs> time for the. Oh, I didn't. Good. Okay. So. Uh, time for the bin, huh? Yeah, just about time to time to end her. Well, um, you have anything more to say about the flavor? There's just there is one particular taste I'm picking up consistently throughout this whole this whole session is, and I just can't I can't identify it. So well, well we're we're all still learning. You know, yeah, maybe in maybe learning. in ten years I'll be like, I can't believe I smoked that Reserve ninety nine yeah. <laughs> and liked it. <laughs> it's good. I like. I do like it. All right. Well, let's. Uh, mm. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever okay. done a? Uh, have you ever lit up three or four cigars at the same time and just A B C D comparison? Mm-mm. I know that would seem like kind of a waste, but it would be a good learning opportunity. I would think. It it would it would be fun and I we've never done that. The mm-hmm. closest I've come is um, I've been at a I've smoked a cigar at a wine party once mm-hmm. at Cheryl's and um, oh John old uh, John I'm blanking on his last name and Ron both had a different cigar. And they weren't shy. Some people don't like smoking a cigar that somebody else smoking, but we, we all passed. We so we had three, but then they lit a fourth one. Okay. And the reason I remember this night is because I got to try four cigars, but I took the extra cigar. Yeah. I smoked my one and smoked the second one and got sick. <laughs> really? Yeah. And there's just so many variables. <laughs> there's just so many variables. I just think when you have the opportunity to smoke more than one at the same time, yeah. that takes a lot of those variables out. You know what you ate, what what the weather is outside, what yeah. mood you're in. You know. it, it, that would that's a good idea. I know Joe and I have smoked week week to week mm-hmm. a collection, but like we smoked a Kristoff collection, but that's still a week apart. Yeah. You know, so that's. I would just like to do a really simple dark cigar versus light cigar comparison and just see if I can taste that because I'm a, I'm a novice. I did that at poker night once. A guy was smoking a Connecticut Shade, which is a milder cigar. Mm-hmm. And I was smoking one of my favorites, which is uh, Arturo Fuente Añejo, which mm. is a really dark, wonderful cigar. And, and Añejo <clears throat> means aged. Aged, yeah. yeah. It's, I, I think it's their best, um, or at least their best in that price range. Mm-hmm. And I, Mark, I said, Mark, you, you want to switch? And my, he said, sure, yeah, let's just let's, let's puff it for a couple minutes. So he took mine for a couple minutes, and I took his, and it was, he was just like, wow. He, of course, he got oil overload. when and he you went, had the Añejo? I had the Añejo, okay, but he yeah. took it, and so he's like, he puffed. He's like, well, so he's like oil and dark overload, and I'm like taking the Connecticut, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's like I already had the oil and dark, so it was hard for yeah. me to go backwards to the mild. But It's I like can, switching from scotch to wine. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, that's exactly what it's like yeah, so. or, or yeah 
Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna call to wrap. Mine's about I'm about ready to put mine out okay. too. So um, well, um, so that's it for today. Thanks for listening to Doug and Joe talk.